Hey guys, it's Williams here for Des Moines Eye Care and Ames Eye Care. I care for the entire family conveniently located throughout Central Iowa. I've been up to Ames Eye Care a couple of times now to see Dr. Kruger. You've all heard me tell you about how he looked at me for like 30 minutes. Actually, it didn't even take that long. And he's like, dude, I know why you're having headaches. It's because you stare at your computer for 15 hours a day. Wear these glasses. It'll help. And it has. Actually, it's completely changed my life. Now, I'm a dad. Got a four-year-old. She's got some eye problems herself. And you know where I'm going to take her? Yeah, that's right. Ames Eye Care. Des Moines Eye Care. Family Eye Care. They can help you guys, too. Check them out today. DesMoinesEyeCare.com. AmesEyeCare.com. And tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Hello, and welcome to this week's thesis. We're back on Thursday here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. And of course, we're presented by Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye. Dr. Kruger is my main man. I'm actually going to be taking my little girl there here in a couple weeks. Got to call up and get her an appointment. Family Eye Care. They don't just take care of guys like me, guys like you. It could be your whole family. And conveniently, with locations in Ames and Des Moines. Des Moines Eye Care, Ames Eye Care. Check them out and uh, let them know. The Cyclone Fanatic sent you. They're the proud sponsor of the Thursday Thesis as we're going to look ahead to Iowa State and Baylor. And at this time, welcome everybody watching on Facebook Live. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of walk through this Iowa State-Baylor game because I don't really feel like I know much about Baylor. I felt mm-hmm. like I knew more about Louisiana Monroe, Jared. Jared Stansbury's with me. I really did. I felt like I knew more about that team from the Sun Belt than I do the Baylor Bears. And that's what makes this game so intriguing to me because who knows? Baylor could be this, you know, top of the right. Big 12 type team or they could be 6-6 six and six type too. I don't know. And according to the Sagarin ratings, they've played the 215th ranked schedule in America. I don't know what this team is. Yeah, and I just think when – You've got a dominant win over Stephen F. Austin, a dominant win over Texas San Antonio, and then a win that was probably a lot closer than it should have been against the Rice Owls. And, yeah. the, and the teams you've played are combined 1-11. It's hard for anybody to sit here and say, Baylor's back. Yeah, I think that they've got – because we've seen Matt Rule's program, you know, grow. right over the last few years, so you know, I think he's a pretty good football coach. I, I really do. He kind of drives me nuts, but I think he's a pretty good football coach. And I think that they've recruited pretty well. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of the guys that Baylor will roll out there on Saturday afternoon, but I'm still kind of up in the air on what exactly they are. They've made some changes defensively this year, and I, I'm going to get into – a little bit later on in the thesis, why I think that that might actually be a positive for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can dig into that. But again, like I, I like to come in here and the point of the thesis is to break down these games in a way so that fans can be more educated when they flip it on at 2.30. But I'm being honest with you guys, I don't really understand Baylor this year. Not yet. Yeah, and it's not like their offense is overly explosive. You know, Charlie Brewer's a good quarterback. I, I think really when you look When you want to look at these two teams, I think that they are very, very similar to each other in the way they play. That's fair. In the way that those two quarterbacks play. 
uh, I think similar quarterbacks. Some of the personnel is different, but I do think that there's a lot of similarities in between them just where they want to be able to run the football. They want to be tough. They want to be a team that plays harder than the other team that they're playing against. And then their quarterback wants to get the ball out of his hands fast. That sounds a lot like Iowa State. The one thing, too, you mentioned tough. That's kind of a buzzword around Matt Rule if you followed them in Baylor throughout the offseason. Um, they they might be. They haven't had to prove that yet yeah. this year. They haven't really been hit yet this year. That will be the case on Saturday. Before we get too much into them, I want to talk about a few Iowa State things. Just after um, watching the Monroe game again. And uh, first of all, defensively, um, I don't want to dig too much in on this. A little bit leaky with the running quarterbacks, right? Iowa State needs to clear up the third down and long situations. It is interesting to me. If you go back and watch the first three games, the overwhelming majority of positive plays against this defense have been broken plays. Yeah. And I don't, I'm probably not um, football savvy enough to know why that is, but I'm guessing that, you know, when you're, when you're lining up with three, it leaves the middle open a little bit. Uh, I did notice in the Louisiana Monroe game, that Will McDonald had a pretty rough time when it came to containment. He did. When he was in the football game. So that's something I don't – I think that gets cleared up because I doubt McDonald's in those situations in a game against, like, Baylor on the road. Um, a lot of its angles, stuff like that. I'm not that afraid of that, though. I, I, I think that when you get into the Big 12 and when, you, when you're playing fewer guys – I think Iowa State cleans that up. Now, that's always kind of been an Achilles heel for Iowa State the yeah. last few years. When they've been, you know, when John Haycock really dug his dug his feet down and this defense started to evolve, those broken plays in the running quarterbacks on third and long, that's always kind of been the thing. So I'm really interested, Jared, to see how they can clean that up. And I just have so much faith in John Haycock that I'm really not worried about it. And yeah. there's dudes. Iowa State right. has dudes. Well, and two, it's not like Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer is mobile. He's capable of making plays with his feet, but he's not mobile to the point of being like the Louisiana Monroe quarterback. That guy or, was elite mobile. Like yeah. he was he was really good. Or even a Will McElvain type yeah. guy. Yeah. Where we I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the plays that he's made here uh in the time since they played Iowa State. But he I mean, I think he was on Sports Center top ten at least once for a play that he made, keeping a play alive and running around in the pocket. Charlotte Brewer is not that. He, and it's like I said, he's a lot like Brock Purdy where, yeah. you know, we'll see Brock Purdy extend those plays. I don't think that Brock Purdy's ability where he's like elusive as a runner is really, he's like a functional runner, you know? He sees the field well. Yeah. There's good vision. And he's and he does a good job of being able to slip out of arm tackles and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. he's not a guy that's like going to run with the, idea that like hey he could bust one and go 60 yards you know no, he's yeah. gonna get 10 you know yeah. and and be functional as a runner where he's always gonna that's get good some good yards and I think that's what Charlie Brewer more is where it's not like if you get him rattled but and then you keep him in the pocket I think you can continue to close that area around him and he's not going to be able to escape quite the same way as some of these other quarterbacks that, that Iowa State has faced now Baylor does have one matchup problem that I see for Iowa State and that's Mims yeah the wide receiver I'm trying to find how tall is he what six four something like that he's a yeah. big dude uh, and I do I mean you're going to throw Anthony Johnson on him and and you're probably going to have to help out a little bit that's the one thing that kind of stood out to me that I, I could see 
if Iowa State's not getting to the court because they're not. We haven't seen a lot of like pressure up front from Iowa State's defensive front. No, so far this year. So the Mims. I almost wonder how much they've tried. Though. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. It's a really good question. I don't know either. Because it doesn't seem like they've blitzed it, like blitzed near as much no. as what they have the last couple of years. And either. Haycock, we've seen kind of, a, I feel like over the years, he blitzes more in the second half of the season than yeah. he does the first. I feel like John's kind of the guy who. I think they're keeping their, some things in their sleeve. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's the real matchup, though, that kind of stuck out to me because he's, he's elite. Matt Campbell had a lot of good things to say about Denzel Mims earlier in the week and I and while I think that Anthony Johnson and Daytron Young are going to be really good cornerbacks they're still young and relative I don't want to call them inexperienced but they're still young the thing I will say though is that that as as good of a player as Denzel Mims is there's just not a guy that is like Iowa State's never seen a guy like this you know I mean they obviously went against a guy in practice every day a year ago that was very similar to him you think back even to David Sills from West Virginia, which is which really was Anthony Johnson's first true playing time, yeah. you know, where he's really getting thrown into the fire. The guys from Oklahoma, the guys from Oklahoma State. Denzel Mims, as good of a player as he is, I think that you got like we got to keep some level of it's like it's all relative. Yeah. You know, thanks to our friends at Des Moines Eye and Ames Eye for sponsoring the Thursday thesis. Um, OK, so real quick on Iowa State and then we'll get to Baylor, The you know, the one thing offensively that has stood out to me. And I think this is pretty fair. And I've seen a lot of this on Twitter and whatnot. I'm going to take a second to take a espresso today. Mind everybody on Saturday, you can come out to buzzard Billy's hang out with us for our cyclone fanatic yes. wide right natty light game watch. Now you and Levi put together punch cards. Yeah. We will have punch cards where we've got, I, I talked about this on, uh, Stands and fits the other day. The, all the different game watches we have, there's five of them. Uh, and based on how many you come to, you will be entered into a drawing for a prize. Awesome. I'm a little bit, I don't want to say concerned, but the running backs haven't come. They haven't come around the way I'd hope they would have by Big 12 play. Mm-hmm. Here's my analysis on all of them real quick, okay? In like a sentence. Ken Nwangu looks great, but he can't stay healthy. Jared, he gets hurt like every three plays. Yeah. Every three plays, he gets dinged up. I can't trust a guy like that. I know the fans want to see more of him. How do you get more of him if he's always hurt? It's not his fault, but he's always hurt. Can't rely on that. I feel like Johnny Lang's kind of the same way. He seems fragile to me. I don't know if he's going to be as versatile as they need him to be. Yeah. Sheldon Crony is the best pass protector of the group. We've seen that time and time again, but this is the Big 12. Got to score points. And you, you can't be, I, at least I don't think you scheme your offense for the best pass protector unless you're going to be throwing it 50 times a game. Yeah. And I don't think Matt Campbell wants to do that. No. The freshmen are going to have to be the guys to step up, I think. I hope Nwangu can be the guy, or Lang even. I don't. I think Crony is going to be a specialist. I think he's the guy, you know, into that Northern Iowa game. It was a perfect role for him. Get him in there. He can help protect the quarterback if you're having problems. But with the offensive line gelling together like we've seen the last few weeks, now there's no more excuses for the running backs. You've got to be able to break a tackle. And I don't. I haven't really seen Crony do that. No. I haven't really seen Lang do that. No. I think Nwangu can, but again, always hurt. 
his speed is also an equalizer in that yeah, sense. No doubt. And he's, if he's healthy, he brings a lot to the table, but I, I just, right. I don't know. I'm looking at you, the freshman. I think that the combination of Brees Hall and Jirel Brock, if they ascend to where they, that this team needs some running back, any of the five, I don't care who, to ascend to, then I think this offense can really reach an elite type of level when it comes to efficiency. But with what I've seen from the running backs right now, I don't know if they can get there. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair? Absolutely. Okay. Because yeah. I was thinking about that when I was watching that Monroe game back, and it was just – now, granted, and in their defense, they haven't gotten a ton of carries Yeah. the last two games, and that first game was kind of a, you know, kind of a – Circus, yeah. As far as what I don't know what they were doing on offense in that first game. So maybe this is an opportunity on Saturday for somebody to break out. I think it. I just think it's going to have to be one of the freshmen. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we gave Brees Hall so much attention in the off season, and rightfully so, based on what we were hearing. I thought Jirel Brock looked like the best running back on the field Saturday. I really do. He, go back and watch his, um, his attempts. Violent. Mm-hmm. Violent runner. Sage Rosenfels put out the tweet of the just disgusting block that he laid on a Louisiana Monroe linebacker. And he's, I, I, I asked around a little bit. I'm like, man, like, you know, what, are we, what are we thinking about this guy? And I've been told the same thing. Practices his ass off. Very mature. I don't know. I think that maybe we all slept on Jirel Brock a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. I think I, I do, though. That That's the one point I want. I think that I think we are at the point where we've seen enough. It uh, Unless Nwangu can stay healthy, which he's given us no reason to think. He's never been healthy. Yeah. Really ever in his career which sucks because we've seen when he can we've seen what he can do when he has the opportunities to do it but then oh dinged up here dinged up there and it never I don't know we've never seen him consistently really be able to be that guy I hope that we can get to the point where we can watch that because I think that we'd all see a really exciting football player who could do some really special things in an Iowa State uniform but at this point I'm kind of moving on to the freshman See, and that's where I think even in all of college football, you're really seeing these guys who are, you know, the slider running backs that are more of a speed guy where they can break some tackles and stuff like that. I think you're seeing this a lot where they're trying to be use them as a traditional running back and they're getting injured a lot. Yeah, and that's fair. You know, I was I was thinking about this while I was watching Nebraska last week play against Illinois. Yeah, number and, one. Well, they're, and they're playing number He's two. He's my guy. Uh, Maurice Washington, who is a – uh, is their starting running back, 27. Number, number 28. 28, okay. And he's built similarly to Kene, very similar type of players where yeah. they're capable of getting out of the backfield, catching the ball and stuff like that. But almost every time when they hand him the ball, he gets hurt. Yeah, you think, yeah. And it's whether it's an ankle or it's a hamstring or it's a just getting like a bruise or something like that, or he's got a head injury, he doesn't play in the second half. Every single time he touches the ball, it seems like he comes up gimpy. And that's where I'm like, it, it almost – Makes you think like, okay, you got to get Kane involved 
But if you can get these freshmen to where that they can be yes. the traditional running backs, that's where you can start to use Kane in some different types of packages where you can swing the ball out to him, get it to him on the edge immediately. And you're not relying on him to be your guy that's running your end zone, inside zone plays. That's good analysis. That's going to get beat up by the big dudes. He can be a little bit more one-on-one with the cornerbacks, the safeties that are outside on the edge. That are The smaller guys traditionally are not going to be the ones that are hitting as hard. You're not going to get pounded quite as much. I think, too, when, when Kenny Nwangu is not healthy, it impacts in a very crucial part of Iowa State's football team, and that's kick return. Yeah. Look at kick return production when Kenny Nwangu is back there and then when he's not. Yeah. Huh. It's a different team. You know, it's a different team, and that happens to be the most dangerous spot on the field. I believe that's where he got dinged up against Monroe, was returning the kick the other day. So hopefully these continue to be little nicks and you can get him back. But again, like I'm cautious of putting the whole offense on this guy. I am interested to see with the kick return aspect. They started to throw Darian Porter, the true freshman, out of Bettendorf back there. Yeah, he's the one that broke all the records at the state track, right? An all-time great track athlete in the state of Iowa. His speed is similar to Kane, where I think it could be an equalizer. Okay. It will be... That's a good nugget. The other thing, too, is it, it... and Jeff has talked about this on Football and Random Things, there are some things in the kick return game that have just neutralized that entire aspect of the sport. Yeah, the fair catch. Well, the fair catch, the fact that you can't have, you can't create the wedge the way that you used to. So it's a lot harder to block those than it ever was before. More often than not, I would just prefer to see Iowa State take the fair catch and take the ball to 25 rather than trying to risk it, especially if it's not Kane back there. Good stuff. All right, when we come back, we are going to really break down this game, a couple matchups that I'll be keeping an eye on, and uh, my prediction for Iowa State Baylor. And following that, I do want to take a look at, and we're going to do this throughout the Big 12 season here on the thesis, uh, look ahead to the Big 12 schedule, and uh, give you guys some brief analysis on Big 12 standing schedule, all that stuff. You're watching the thesis here on the uh, Cyclone Fanatic Facebook Live. Hello? And you're listening to the Thursday Thesis. We're presented by Ames Eye, Des Moines Eye, here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Football season is all about competition. When it comes to tailgating, that competition isn't limited to the playing field. Start with better meat from Fairway. Hand-cut, fresh, and affordable, Fairway gives you the advantage in tailgating excellence. Get ready for kickoff with the best selection of meats and all the fixings from Fairway. Hello, Fanatics. It's Chris Williams. I want to tell you today about the forever true for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will help benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. Yes, the Cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, these donors have gifted more than $1.2 billion. The Cyclone Energy is truly unstoppable. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. The impact is seen all across campus too, from the South End Zone Club to the North End Zone Construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support. You can learn more at forevertrueisu.com because the world needs more Cyclone Spirit. 
Welcome back. Thank you to our sponsors here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We couldn't do it without them. We couldn't do it with all of you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're listening on the podcast network, we would invite you to give us a rating and uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you like about the shows. All right. Iowa State and Baylor. As we lead into a prediction here, uh, Bloom, who travels with the team, it's notable here, tweets earlier today about the heat aspect of this game coming up on Saturday. It looks like the temp be around 95 degrees. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. I was actually um, texting back and forth with our old podcasting partner, Adam Gray, earlier, and I thought he made a really good point. Um, is this a time where, because this used to kill Iowa State. I mean, anybody who's watched enough Iowa State football knows, like, you go down to Texas and it, you get a day like this and you just you don't have the depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been making line changes defensively. Yeah. I I almost want, like Gray points out, and I think it's valid, while there's a, Iowa State's not used to that heat the way that Baylor is. But I think Iowa State's a deeper football team than the Bears are. I think, I think the middle of the roster is stronger at Iowa State this year. Could that end up being a net positive for Iowa State? I don't know the answer to that, but I do think it's intriguing. Yeah, I do think, I mean, I think it could be. I don't know. There are a couple different spots where I just think that they are going to have a hard time going through the season of rotating quite as much as they have. Totally agree. Where there are some guys I think you got to keep on the field. I think for the most part, you probably got to keep Mike Rose on the field. Greg Eisworth, I think you need to keep on the field. Arnold Azuna did show us some stuff, though, on Saturday where I think that he has he has the ability, I think, to come in and spell Greg Eisworth for short periods of time. That defensive line, they have rotated that group so much. And, and you mentioned Will McDonald before. Uh, I think that we've seen Matt Leo have a hard time being able to contain the quarterback, contain the run game, especially. Uh, but, but, but whether it be Zach Peterson, Jamal Johnson, both of those guys, I think if you can get Zach Peterson specifically, if he can switch back and forth on those two end positions. I'm in love with those two guys. Then, and, and Honestly, Jamal Johnson. I, like, yeah, Jamal Johnson. Yeah. Unpopular take here. I don't know why it would be unpopular. I guess I take that back. He's been, I believe, as good as Ray Lima this year. I think that's fair. I mean, he's been really, really good, and that's a compliment. I'm not downgrading Ray's performance. He's yeah. been exactly who we know and thought he would be. Johnson, man, he's been an absolute animal out there. I think it allows them – it allows both of those guys to consistently play at the best that they can because they're not getting tired. They're yeah. always playing at the same amount. And then – and I'm not saying you got to split them 50-50 or whatever, but no. it puts them in a position where Ray's best – we've seen what Ray's best is – Ray's best is probably better than what Jamal Johnson's is, but when Jamal Johnson comes in, he can at least play as well as Ray can when Ray starts to get tired. No doubt. Know? No doubt. And, and then, like I mentioned, Zach Peterson. Peterson's then, been – watch that guy on kick return and then on kickoff. One other guy that I, I think is an equalizer is, uh, is, is Jay Cummel because he can come in. He can play that mic spot for you. We yeah. already know Mike Rose can play the mic spot. So if you want to shuffle, you know, yeah. whether it be bring Hummel in for Mar- uh, Marcel Spears, you want to bring him in for Ryan Vance, whoever it is, Jake Hummel is basically a fourth starting linebacker. He is as good as any of those other guys. 
But I do think there are some guys that they have mixed in there, whether it be Will McDonald. McMillan's been really good in running situations. If you know that you're running, they I don't know if you've watched, but yeah. Dyson Vites put him in a bunch. Yeah, if they, he's good in those running situations. The pass coverage, no. not quite as but good. But he's been really impactful yeah. in those spots. And I do think that we'll probably continue to see, continue to see more of DJ Miller, the true freshman probably. out of uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Um, and we're at those cornerback spots. I, I just think that as Braxton Lewis continues to get back into the swing of things a little bit here, obviously, was that Iowa game his first game back? Yeah. And then he didn't play a ton on think, Saturday. Yeah, and I don't want to be too critical. The The young man from Rice has really struggled with angles yeah, yeah. and stuff, and he should keep getting better, I would think. You have to remember he played corner primarily, so they're messing around yeah. with him a lot. But I do think less will be more with him if you can start to get Braxton in there more and more throughout the game. And then you can play Bickham in, in kind of a Will McDonald role where you're more strategic with the spots that you're putting him in. I think that'll be a great gain for the defense. Yeah, and that's just – I think that as Big 12 play starts, they will do less of that experimenting. Yeah. They'll do it a little bit still. But I think they know who their guys that they can really trust to go out there and give them 25 plays. Hurt or help Iowa stay at the heat? I don't know. I don't know that it – I mean, I don't know. I I think it probably hurts Baylor more, but I don't know enough about Baylor's depth to really be able to say that. It's like I said, though. Iowa State has a bunch of dudes who have basically played as much as a lot of team starters would have, whether it is Matt Leo or Jamal Johnson or Jake Hummel. Those guys have played a lot of football for Iowa State. They're basically like another starter at their position. The last two times Iowa State and Baylor have played, Iowa State has held Baylor to an average of 13.5 points per game. Talk a little bit about defense here. Um, Not necessarily Iowa State, though. Baylor is essentially running John Haycock's defense this year. And I'm going to make a point as I lead into my prediction as to why I think this is a net positive for Iowa State. It's quite simple. You see it every day in practice. When, you know, when you're playing spring ball, fall camp, they're not running Oklahoma's defense like a scout team does throughout the week of Oklahoma game. Right. They're running Iowa State's defense. There's a very real thing, and you should ask Jeff Woody about this next week. Write the, this, I'd love to get his take on it. Because I asked around a little bit this week, and there's a very real thing when you're running back and you're used to going up against a three-man front, and all of a sudden there's a four. Your vision's different. Game looks, it, it looks off. I have a feeling that Iowa State will be just fine in the running game. And I actually think that, um, here's a, as we start the prediction here, breakout game for one of the running backs. I don't know who it is. I think one of the running backs, 100 yards, something like that. But I think that this line, used to going up against three-man fronts, I think this quarterback used to seeing them and I think that these running backs are going to be – they're going to actually benefit mm-hmm. from this dime stack defense that Baylor is now trying to play. The other thing, too, is that there's a lot of teams out there that are trying to copy Iowa State's defense. That doesn't mean that they play it as well as Iowa State does. Correct. And – The thing is, too, like I, Baylor's doing it, but yeah. they're doing a lot of different things in the back end. Yeah. So it's not identical. But to a casual fan watching the game, it looks identical. We have to remember that the people who instituted Iowa State's basically have like created it themselves. Correct. And it's they are the best ones in the country at coaching it because it's literally theirs. 
you know? Yeah. So it's like everybody else is just copying it. Maybe eventually there'll be a guy who comes out and he's like, I know how to do this better than they do until I see it. I don't think that there will be. I, I think that Iowa state clicked. I was very, um, I was very impressed on Saturday against Louisiana Monroe to me offensively for the Cyclones for the first time. I maybe for the first time in Campbell's era, I don't think this is that strong of a statement either. I think most fans could watch the last few years and you go, Oh, Montgomery just made a hell of a play. Wow. Butler's really special. Pretty good throw by Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Um, the Joel Dozer, <laughs> that guy's tough. He can run. It was a lot of really good individual efforts that we were seeing. And that's great. And it was enough to get Iowa state to winning eight football games a year, which is awesome. For the first time during the Matt Campbell era, I think on Saturday, that was a systematic beatdown. Yeah. That was hike the football to the quarterback. He distributes it, decides if he should run. Um, he He's viewing the field, hits the open guy, doesn't matter who it is. That guy does his job, gets a first down. It was a systematic beatdown. I don't believe there was anything systematic about what we've seen from this offense the last few years. You can't, you can't, um, you, you know, an offensive line, it's like smoking pork, mm-hmm. right? The longer you smoke it, the better it's probably going to taste. If you put that pork in the microwave and get a bunch of JUCOs, right, you're going to ruin it. And I think that this line is now finally to the point, and you have, you have the quarterback I think that the offensive coaching staff is right in line with one another. I think it's great to have Tom Manning back. I think you put all these, you know, ingredients into the pot. And I think it's a different Iowa State offense. I'm going to pick Iowa State to win 30 to 17. I'm really confident, and it doesn't even scare me that much. Fair enough. That's the pick. I think in the past, like, you could see – Every week, like if we look back at these last two Iowa State offenses, it's not very hard for us to sit here and say, all right, two years ago, who were the stars of the Iowa State offense? Yeah, no, you're right. It was Alan Lazard, David Montgomery, and Hakeem Butler. Last year, who were the stars of the Iowa State offense? Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. This year, Brock is really good. Is Brock a superstar? By no means. I mean, he's, he's as close as you're probably going to get. Yeah. Tariq Milton's not a household name in the Big 12. You I, know? Think he, I think he will be. He, he could be eventually, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think Brock, like Brock is as close as you're going to get. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah, saying. No doubt. Some I of those you. running backs probably will be eventually as, as well, both of those two all, freshmen. All three tight ends have been involved in the past game. There's just a bunch of really good players. It's not like we, where you come into the game and you're like, man, we got to figure out a way to – slow down Hakeem Butler. We got to figure out a way to slow down David Montgomery. We've yet to see Joe Skates. Yeah. Which is, um, again, a casual fan may not, that's probably not going to mean much to you. If you, for us guys around the program, like he's a guy they really are expecting huge things out of. It's great to see Sean Shaw. Mm -hmm. I know that they really love him. Um, I think it's an exciting time. I'm, I'm confident Iowa State 32 17. Uh, Jared and Levi and all the fellas from Wide Right and Natty Light join them at Buzzard Billy's coming up on Saturday. 
And there'll be other Big 12 games on, too. Let's roll through these real quick, Jared. Should we give the specials real quick? For, yeah. For, oh. buzz, for Buzz yeah, and Billy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you sent them to me here. Uh, I know that it's uh, $3 domestic pints. I think it's $4 22-ounce drafts. Yeah, $3 domestic pints, $4 22-ounce drafts, and $3 fireball shots. And you can also um, get a punch card if you plan to come to all five game watches that we have. So there will be two of them at Buzzard Billy's. There will be two of them at Whiskey River in Ankeny. One of them will be at Fire Trucker Brewery in Ankeny. They're actually going to bring a tent. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that. Kansas at TCU is a nooner. It'll be 11 o'clock for us, as is Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Texas Tech quarterback is out, which is notable. Um, I think that the... You know, I think TCU Kansas is actually more entertaining than most people would probably think by looking at it. TCU, um, I, I still am a huge believer in their defense. They had a terrible game last week, uh, but I, I, they, I, until they find a quarterback, they're going to have a hard time ascending back to the top of that league. And while the Duggan kid, I think long term is going to be the guy. Boy, he struggled last week. That game belongs on ESPN Plus, not the game that is on ESPN Plus. <laughs> That'll be a good one. Um, so, of course, we have Iowa State and Baylor at 2.30. Yeah, and then ESPN Plus. It's Kansas State at Oklahoma State. 24th ranked Kansas State. I'm still not a believer. I really like Oklahoma State in that one. But we'll see. You- I, I ha- Full disclosure, K-State is a lot like... Although we saw him beat Mississippi State, I did watch that game, and they kind of just beat him up. Yeah, you know, it was a physical beatdown, which is a different type of deal when you start getting in track meets with Mike Gundy and Stillwater. So we'll see which style wins out. Do you got a feel on any of these? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I that TCU Kansas game, the final score of that game might be like seventeen to ten. Probably. Whatever the number is, take, 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 take the under. Play the under in that yeah, one. Yeah, play say. the under in that one. I mean, I, Kansas is. I, I think Kansas is is better. I would uh, take Kansas in the points in that. Well, sixteen. Sixteen. I would uh, totally take sixteen points. Sixteen. How's TCU even going to score enough points to win by sixteen? Kansas, man. I don't know. That's what the number is. I don't know what the total number in that one is. The number in Oklahoma, Texas Tech is like twenty-seven. It's a lot. Oklahoma really, um, they tried to schedule tough this year, but it didn't really pan out that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the nightcap. So I would play Oklahoma State in that one. All right, man. Um, join us tonight at Whiskey River in Ankeny for the Cyclone Fanatic radio show, where, of course, we'll be presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. And then uh, we'll have all of our normal game day stuff. Jared's going to be at the game watch. I will. I will be uh, manning the ship. I assume Jacqueline will probably be there. Rob, I think, is going to come for a little while, maybe the first half of the game. Okay. I tried to get Kevin to come, but I think he's scared of the guys at Wide Right Natty Light. Kevin is? Yeah, I think so. Why? I don't know. He, he ditched him, you know? Ditched him to come work for Cyclone Fanatic. I think he's scared of him. That's what, I, it's what I've been well, able to we gather. Well, we need to get to the bottom of this. I, I asked no him, and he, being... he gave me a very political response. I think that he's, uh, I think he's scared of him. Jeez. Well... We'll get to the bottom of that. We'll all be friends. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks to Ames Eye, Des Moines Eye. And seriously, everybody needs to, uh, don't forget about that eye health. And when you do, let them know that Cyclone Fanatic sent you. 
He's Jared Stansberry. I'm Chris Williams signing off on this week's Thursday Thesis Podcast.